Dan, we we need sponsors. Mainly because of the beginning of this. I feel like I need to talk about I I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Uh, and I just feel like I need to talk like in, like open the show with a sponsor. And surprisingly, I took the ads off our podcast because the only person who was sponsoring us was Anchor, which is a great app. But you know what? I was Anchor. like, let's people what they want. Free free podcast listening, you know? No ads. We're not, We're not in Maybe. anyone's pocket, listener. I mean, but I but I but I would like a but sponsor. We can. We're not not even a little bit. I think we should start plug in we should start <laughs> plugging different different companies and just sending them our stats and saying listen we're plugging we're giving you that free advertising so hook us up no but then if we do it for free they'll just be like all right keep doing it for free you have what they call business sense uh listen <laughs> this, this podcast is, is brought to you by movie pass so. <laughs> are we still around i hope i hope not just for that I- I worked with a girl who worked with MoviePass, and she gave me the real lowdown on MoviePass. And I got to say, what a shit company. Oh, from what I've heard, it's it was a mess. I, I enjoyed it. Though. Uh, that was like the best two years of my life. Oh, but see, I was down from the very beginning. Oh, I remember As that. soon as yeah. they opened their doors, I was in, what, it was founded in 2011, so I must have been 2012. Yeah, you were one of the early people who was putting me onto it. I was like, you got to go see that movie, baby. Like, let's go. All we have to do is be within two steps of it, and I can get a movie ticket. It really oh, ruined me. I, when it closed, I was still used to seeing five movies a week. So I would just out of my pocket watch five movies a week, and I was like, "All right, this oh, I can't, I can't." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not in New York, baby. You can't, you can't, you can't sit around with uh, seventeen dollar movie tickets. Oh, no, matinees are not the same in New York. I, I should, I should see them like an ex lover. I got, I got accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Exactly, and they took it out from underneath me. They owe you. They owe you now. I, I, well, see, you know, I, I jumped ship. I jumped ship a little bit early. I said, movie pass isn't working for me. I like the idea of, like, I, I live two, I say two blocks. I lived maybe 10 minutes away from AMC, and all the theaters around me were AMC theaters that, I don't know, like, the, the AMC pass, when it came out, just worked for me. I was able to book my ticket earlier in advance and blah, blah, blah. And I was still able to collect points that meant that I got, like, free concessions and stuff like that. So oh, I yeah. was a really happy camper. And, like, I, I was very much like you, seeing movies, like, every day if I could. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? If I got if I got to cut back, if I got to go see three movies a week, fine. And I can see them in IMAX? Okay. And I can, you know, whatever. See, I'm, I'm more of a nomad with my movie-watching experience. Yeah. You don't want to be locked down, do you? I like my options open. Listen, I'm stopping this. We're going to start the show. This is required watching. This is, we need to talk about movies more, man. I, I really, truly miss the movies. Guys, if you are in a place where you can see a movie, please be safe. Wear a mask, etc. This like this won't be ending anytime soon. So, yeah. Yeah. We're required watching where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. This is me, Trey Epps. And today... On a very special episode, we'll be talking about the 1990 Nicolas Cage star, Wild at Heart. I say Nicolas Cage star. No, it's a two-hander. Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern star in this David Lynch film, Wild at Heart, 
which is about young lovers Sailor and Lula who run away from a variety of weirdos that Lula's mom has hired to kill Sailor. Now, Dan, you picked this film. Talk to me, buddy. All right, let me admit something right off the bat. I, I may have been thinking about a different Nicolas Cage movie when I picked this. I think I was thinking of Leaving Las Vegas, a movie that oh Nicolas my gosh. Cage won an Academy Award for. Sure. The description, it sounds similar. Uh, on the run. A different movie. I watched Look, the trailer for Nicolas Leaving Cage Las Vegas. a lot of movies, okay? It's hard to keep track. Some of them overlap in terms of content. Wild at heart, you know, it, it is what it is. This is the other it movie is I was saying is. is based on a work of fiction, a novel by the name of Wild at Heart that was unfinished when they made this movie. It was David the novel Lynch's, was unfinished. Was David Lynch's friend was working on a book and he was like, hey, what are you working on? And he let him read the manuscript <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm going to make that movie. And it's like, when I say it's a work of fiction, I don't mean it's a, I don't know if novel would be the right word. It, I think more of a a pulp novel, a pulp book. Sure, sure. But here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Dan. Because I, I, you and I talked about movies. We, talk, we, we have conversations about our list often. Like, often. Not all the time. But, like, like once or twice a week. Like, once or twice, you know, every couple of weeks it comes up. And you mentioned Leaving Las Vegas as your first Nicolas Cage movie, and my heart drops because I'm like, I got to deal with Nicolas Cage. And as we all know, Nicolas Cage either swings for the – listen, he's always swinging for the fences. But sometimes it lands and it's a home run, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes. And then, like, you know, we were kind of solidifying things, and you said, okay, wild at heart. And I was like, I thought you wanted to do Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas. But I, I said that to myself. I didn't verbalize that to you. But then I look, I looked up Wild at Heart, and it won like a Palm Door at Cannes. Right. It won like Independent Spirit Awards. So I was like, I guess he switched out one Nicolas Cage hit for another Nicolas Cage hit. Little and I was I like, know. let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is definitely one of the wild Nicolas Cage roles. Like, I uh, unhinged, like crazy wild Nicolas Cage roles, which could be bad. Does, could all, be bad. does all of his own singing. Which is a great, which is a great little fact that I picked up. the The wildest thing about this movie, uh, well, no, there are several wild things. Like Wild at Heart is a mis uh, is a, a, a misnomer for sure. Let's talk about William Defoe for a second. I'm not even talking about Old Lord Defoe. Does what I can only call a fantastic job in this movie. I'm not saying what his character does is at all good. This is. I'm going to say this up front. This is a, not a great movie. And I know look, a lot of people love this movie. It's got so many awards. People love this film. For me, not a great movie. But William, and I'll say this for all, everyone else, actually. Everyone puts so much heart into this film. Oh, yeah. The, that I, oh, my gosh. Oh, my yeah, God. I, all the performances are so good that you're like, okay. I guess it's because of the movie itself then, not because of their performances or anything that anyone did or didn't. I do. mean, these are some top, these are top actors. Like, and like, even though this was 1990, damn, is that 30 years ago? How old are we, dude? Like, again, Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, William Defoe, Crispin Glovin's in this. Our boy, Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Our guy. Isabella like, Russell. Like, like, this movie goes so hard for who's in this film. 
I can oh I, I don't know how this movie came to be. If you're telling me this came based on an unfinished novel, I guess I get it. <laughs> it starts to make sense. But like, you know, we're we're talking about Dune. I have to make sure I actually release these in the right order, but we're talking about Dune and how, you know, just Lynch is known for being a wild filmmaker. There's a lot of weird characters and storylines, et cetera, et cetera. And it, like, boy, does it, boy, does it get weird. It feels like uh, a soap opera the entire time. But it, it, oh, you know what? You, you say that. I was going to say it feels like a play. It feels like if this were on the stage, it makes perfect sense. Like as far as like how how big these performances oh, okay. are, yeah, yeah. and and like how how wild the the story takes them, like like where these where this story takes them. Why like why does Sailor first of all why is why is Sailor's last name Santos? I know I know what you're gonna say Dan. You're gonna say because he was in the Santos gang, but the guy who ran the Santos gang was not uh, Hispanic at all. Sailor's last name isn't Santos. You're right. Which brings me to my other point. Why they call him Sailor Santos, which they did in the beginning of the film. And I, yeah, and I was like, what? I was like, what's like, where did, where did that come from? I, oh, I I, it that. is not. It is not his last name. We know this. It's Rip, Ripley, which was never. Has it ever been said? I don't know. I don't think so. The only reason I know is because I'm looking at the the cast right now. <laughs> I, I only say this because it kind of blew my mind, and I was like, "Wait, is this supposed to be for some Hispanic dude?" And like, here, here comes Nicolas Cage sailing in, no pun intended. Because you know, I, I would love, to, yeah, whatever. I was gonna say something about Keanu Reeves because he's part Asian, isn't he? I almost uh, said, "Isn't Nicolas Cage Hispanic?" <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. That's just how good of an actor he is. Yeah, exactly. He's that good. Nicolas Cage isn't. So Nicolas Cage is part of a famous family, and I'm trying not to look it up. Isn't he oh. related to Rosalini? Isabella Rosalini? No, he's a Coppola. Who is it? He's a Coppola. I was talking shit about a Coppola the other day. Anyways, I won't talk about it now. <laughs> Trey, this is not the podcast to talk shit about the Coppola. I, no, I, I love the Coppolas, but I have... And we wouldn't mind the Coppola sponsorship either. Oh my gosh, some Coppola wine. It's so good. Have you tried hey, some of the Coppola wine? It's no, but I, I'm willing to take a free bottle for if anyone's listening. <laughs> Listen, I'll send you some. Anyways. This movie's I insane. I feel like because this movie is so insane, <laughs> we're going insane talking about it. Dan, please say something about the film. All right, this movie is just a crime, like, like Bonnie and Clyde-esque story where everyone's trying to kill Nick Cage, essentially. Am I wrong? Uh, what, I feel like that's no, no, you're pretty not, spot on. With, go on. with borderline too many Wizards of Oz references that don't really borderline. tie together. I think I, I think the only reason there's so many Wizard of Oz references is so we could have um, Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks as the Good Witch at the very end. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Laura Dern clapping her heels together. And then a La La Land Dramatic. Yeah. Traffic scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a snakeskin jacket that represents his individuality and, re- <laughs> and belief in personal freedoms. I need a snakeskin leather jacket. I mean, there are definitely films. Look, there are films, there are parts of this film you can't deny that are just up I, here. I, I, I wouldn't. I think, especially in the 90s when we all love a bad boy. Listen, oh, yeah. to be fair, 
let me, let me just let me take a few steps back and thank you for grounding me because I needed grounding. I was spiraling for a second. I, th- I think we're talking the '90s where everyone loves a bad boy. I don't think Nicolas Cage's Sailor was as bad as anyone thought he was. He killed like he a guy. In a gang. Arguably insulted. Okay, so that first scene. Also, uh, that is uh, where right he... off the bat. That is the first thing we see. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen a movie start so hot. Like, just ah, hot. I'd say jarring. Jarring is how I'd describe that. (laughs) It's a a wedding or some sort of nice formal occasion. A guy pulls a knife on Nicolas Cage and he proceeds to bash his head in. Like, straight up. In front of everyone. Yeah. And he got, but he got a ridiculous sentence, like three months. Like, it wasn't three months, but it was a ridiculous sentence, wasn't it? Well, he's not a murderer. He's a manslaughter. He's, he's a manslaughter. <laughs> and they made sure that we knew. There's some great um, lines like, in this movie. They went on to say, I forgot. I forgot, Dan. Oh, no, but he, he got more time for robbing a bank than he did for murdering some dude. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so speaking of, of of the bank robbery, which is, you know, where our movie kind of comes to a head and ends, essentially. I mean, there's, what, another 20 minutes or so where they have a re, where they reunite. But I don't get why Nicholas, like, Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern are on the run. They leave Florida? Is that right? I want to say Florida, but that may not be Probably. true. But they leave, like, somewhere East Coast, and they're driving to California. Instead, uh, and like, yeah, they just encounter some wild, wild things. While they leave, Laura Dern's mother is like, I want Sailor dead. For something that he himself doesn't even really realize until, like, it, it's her ordering the hit that makes him realize, and, you know, and them having that conversation that makes them realize that he witnessed the death of Laura Dern's father. Yeah. So there's a lot of shady shit on the back burner. On the back burner. But arguably... Arguably, this couple is still is simultaneously going through all the shit that a couple would go through. Like, like they have enough drama within their twosome, but they don't even. I don't even think they properly. It's not until William Defoe that they meet anyone that has spawned out of the mother putting the hit out. Oh yeah, everything's just happening around them because she also right. inadvertently puts a hit out on Harry Dean Stanton. Her, her boyfriend, <laughs> so private mean. investigator, so mean. Which and, that and seemed, then, like, that just seemed rude. Having having fallen in love with him in Paris, Texas, that just seems mean. <laughs> it also just doesn't make sense. It also didn't make sense. They just wanted uh, out of the picture. It's why no. Well, they well the gang. Okay, sure. The gang wanted him out the picture for whatever reason. And honestly, you could have told me anything, and I would have believed it. I'm like, okay, I'm like whatever. This guy must be threatening. Oh, him. he stepped on his shoes. But, one. Oh, okay, makes sense. But right, exactly. But but the fact that her Lula's mother was like, okay, you can do it. Why did she do that? <laughs> well, she like there was no reason for her to do that. The same way that when William Defoe's character is essentially like, oh, let's rob a bank. Why is Nick? Why is Nick Cage going with him? Also, they've already been like creeped out by this guy the night before, several like several fucking times. Like they're like, "Hey, this guy has no teeth." No, no, just like baby chiclets. But, why, but no, but but then I'm, I'm actually I'm actually asking, why does Nick Cage go with Bobby Peru? Because he needs money. Because his his girl is pregnant. Lula's Lula's carrying child. And he has yeah, but- and he has forty five dollars between the two of them. 
And but they're so close to California. Yeah, but what are they gonna do when they get there? He he needs money now. It's my it's my it's my money, and I need it now. JG Wentworth, sponsor. <laughs> yes, no, I hear you, I hear you, but what? I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's why he needed. That's why he needed to do the do the bank robbery. I just feel like I just feel like the things that brought us to like the most important plot point, like Marietta is the mother's name. Marietta, Marietta killing James Dean Stanton's character. Like th- there was no reason for that. Like there was no actual reason for that. She there's no way she wanted Sailor dead that badly that she wanted her lover to also die. And yeah. the, it's, it's illustrated by the fact that she goes to try to save him? Question mark because she doesn't really do much of anything, but she goes. Take goes him out nice to near before he dies. Right. <laughs> but then <laughs> again, like you have, we have William Defoe's character, who Bobby Peru, who is being the creepiest of creeps. Nick Cage just found out, finds out he's going to be a dad, and then now he's going to rob a bank with a guy that he clearly doesn't trust. We know that he doesn't trust him. So what are we doing? Like again, all the plot points just don't seem like you. I think you kind of nailed it perfectly. Everything is happening around them and not really like they don't seem to be driving their own destiny. I mean, isn't that the case though? Like that's who these people are. They're chaotic. Good, I guess. I don't know. They, they are purely reactionary and looking for nothing. They're not looking for anything. They're going to California, but to what they're not, no, you're right. They're not yeah, doing anything. You're, I think you're absolutely right, and I think this needed to end in a place like Texas. To but, you know, like, we think of Texas as being like desolate and all that. So, like, I think we ended up in California. Then we're suddenly in like the city. One could say they're wild at heart. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Movies go, and I yeah. said this with Dune, and I really meant it with Dune. There was some weird David Lynch stuff in this movie, like truly. Oh, so weird. Like so that you watch and you're like, wait, what? Like doing there was weird stuff, but that was just more like weird sci-fi stuff. Yeah. This was like, why is there a guy doing a magic trick in the background of this scene? <laughs> or like, I don't know, why just why are people doing things they're doing? Like why every time they have sex is there just a different colored hue? Or they're going out to dance and they're just dancing to speed metal. Yo, they're not yo, they're dancing. Yo, why? So they're dancing to speed metal. My man stops the entire room, sings What's a song. That? Like he is just the conductor of this band. And they know that not only do they know the tune, but this is Elvis that they're singing, right? And mm-hmm. they were just playing heavy metal and everything stops. The, the band that's playing heavy metal does not know the slowed down version of Elvis songs. Yeah. I did like that the 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 common motif of the speed metal, like while they're driving, and like while shady shit is going on, just yeah. having that looming speed metal in the background. In addition to what's his name, Angelo Bottomenti, the the guy who orchestrated and scored Twin Peaks, beautiful Italian yeah. composer. That juxtaposition is fantastic. Like, that's some weird, great, beautiful David Lynch stuff right there. 
No, I, I complete. I actually completely agree. I at some point, I think Lula goes. I, I don't know. She like she goes something like, "I I can't take it anymore." And my my first thought was, "Yeah, because you're listening to heavy metal on the radio with the top down. That's why a woman oh, yeah, she can't but, uh, take she can't take the news. Every the world is dying. All she, she needs heavy to metal. take her mind off of it." Which I think is which is absolutely hilarious. But no, no, I I, I listen. I think I gave David Lynch a hard time in Dune, but allow me to say it now again that I I enjoy David Lynch and I think he's a really competent filmmaker and I do think it's because like those those things like music musical choices and like those kinds of juxtapositions and metaphors and the, the great dialogue that comes out of this I think that's the reason why this movie wins awards and but but I, but I do think it's divisive. Yeah, he do doesn't think, make do, it easy. Do, do, he does not make it easy. No, and I'm okay with him making us work for it, us as an audience work for the movie. Do I think this movie works today? No, no, I don't. I don't. But I think the mechanics of this film, like this was an adventure film. Like you got to know, and you know, like, like for a lot of, like I didn't like, I'm not sure if I liked anybody, but you got to know these characters over but two it was hours. Fun. Unlike, it, it was fun. It was fun. It's like robbing a bank. Dune. I didn't want to, but hey. <laughs> but I just did it. Yeah, unlike unlike Dune, where it was like this really big rush to get things done. Yeah, I mean, listen, Dan. That said, that said, this I, I don't think this movie is required watching. Trey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you. I, I, I think there are, despite the fact that Laura Dern uh, went topless for I think the first and only time in her career, like it's a thing that she like did this, you know, and. Yeah, you know, Nick Cage is absolutely crazy. I, I think there are other and better Laura Dern films. I think there are other and better Nick Cage films. There are crazier uh, Nick Cage films that actually are definitely crazier. Work, work more, more coherently with the rest of the movie. There are crazier Willem Dafoe performances. Although yeah. this one was this one was up there. Hey, there's that movie. Like he he has this like is it a TV show that he has coming out with Amazon? He has something like coming out this month. No, I don't know. Hold on. I will say it's not even the weirdest David Lynch movie. There are weird. I don't think this is required watching, but I will say if I can throw it out there, Mulholland Drive is 100% required watching. As a David Lynch weirdo, what movie? Yeah. I mean, this movie was fun. I think we should do. I think we should do. We should do like a month of movies that have street names in them. You know, we should do like Mulholland Drive, Sunset Boulevard. She could talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. He has a movie coming out. Nick Cage has a movie coming out called Jujitsu. Which, Whoa. yep. If you can imagine, someone said it's like Predator with martial arts. Hell, so, um, I don't know if you've seen some recent Nick Nick Cage hits, but there's one I saw. Two years ago, I guess. Last year, maybe. Called Mandy. Are you familiar with this? I didn't see Mandy. I wanted to see Mandy. Yeah. Mandy, essentially, is a... Let me see if I can describe this succinctly. It is a acid-fueled prog rock music video. That sounds right. With a lot of neon. It is such a trippy movie. And apparently, there's another movie that came out called The color into space i believe okay i've never seen color out of space 
which came out like the following year and looks more or less like the same movie. Just some weird, twisted, kind of horror, trippy. I don't even know. I feel like I'm losing my mind just trying to describe it. Yeah, I know. So please stop. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, let's end this on, I, I would say a fun note, but I really don't have a, a good one to, to end on. So let's just do this. Thank you for listening. And listen, if you want to catch us on social media, we are at Required Watch on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to catch us online, that is requiredwatching.com. If you want to catch my man Dan, where you at, Dan? I am at Danny Taverner on everything. Shit. And I am on at Trey Epps on everything. And I've I've said this for for Dune, and I'll say it again. We have some really good stuff coming up, and maybe I'll just maybe I'll just save it for the new year. Maybe we'll start the new year with a bang. Happy New How about Year, that? Happy, you know what? Happy fucking New Year, guys. <laughs>